This podcast is sponsored by the Kerry Golston Ministries International, continuing the vision for end time ministry. Be sure to purchase Kerry Golston's first ever publication, Go Teach My People Faith, co-authored by Pastor Lisa Williams, now available on Amazon.com. We believe that you'll receive wisdom, understanding, favor of God and men, health to all your flesh and bones, and revelation knowledge as you partake of the word. And we believe that your faith is growing exceedingly in Jesus' name. Amen. Come visit us at 160 West 129th Street in Harlem, New York. We'd love to see your face in the place. But for now, enjoy today's message. Glory, hallelujah. All right. In verse number, verse number 24, we will begin. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. Glory to God, hallelujah. Now in our studies, what we've been doing is we've, uh, we've kind of quickly reviewed this chapter here, this chapter in which we've, uh, we see God's will to provide for his children their, their food and their water, their clothing, and their shelter. It's the will of God that these things be supplied by him. It is not the will of God that you should work to supply these things. Amen. It comes as revelation to a lot of us, but that's it, good. We, we need to get the revelation of it. So, uh, having done this message uh, uh, a year or so ago, uh, then having done another message on meditation, which we're trying to bridge the two to show, to show how we get from uh, two years ago or a year and a half ago up to today where we can apply what we learned from uh, medit- from the meditation series to this Matthew 6. Amen. All right, so from the 24th verse, we're going to read some, some scriptures uh, that will bring us back up to speed. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Hallelujah. Therefore, praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here we go again. Uh, You cannot serve God and mammon. In other words, let, let me put it to you this way. If you're seeking after mammon to provide the housing and the clothing and the food and the water that's your that you are fully involved you are fully uh consumed with working to provide the manna to take care of those things can you see that no man can serve two masters 
So that what happens is, then money becomes your master. Because you have to do whatever it takes to get it in order to take care of shelter, food, clothing, and water. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Hallelujah. All right, let's go on to 25. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought. And we talked on, we talked about that, we touched on it. You cannot, there's no thought that you can receive without taking it. Thoughts will come, but unless you take the thought, it has no, has no uh, effect on you. You got to take the thing. Amen. Folks, well, how, how I take a thought? Well, you take it by, by verbalizing it. Amen. You get into agreement with it is what you're doing. All right. So he says, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment or clothing? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, now that's interesting, which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought? For raiment or for clothing. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? Shall he not more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, don't verbalize those thoughts. What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Hallelujah. All right, now let's turn, please, to 3 John 2. Third John, that's little John, third John 2. He says here, beloved, I wish or pray above all things, above all things, that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. Hallelujah. Beloved, I wish or pray above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. So therefore we can, we can uh, deduce from these scriptures that our prosperity is directly linked to our soul. We must have soul prosperity in order to prosper in the things of God. If you're going to prosper in the things of God, your soul has got to prosper. And we've said to you the soul, the soulish part of our being is made up of the, the mind, the will, the emotions, the intellect, and the imagination. Now, you have got to prosper in all those areas. You must prosper in all those areas. You must prosper in your mind, your will, your emotions, your intellect, and your imagination in order to prosper with God. You cannot pick and choose. You must, all of them must be developed. Every one of those areas must be developed in order for you to prosper with God. Now, when you talk about uh, developing, uh, say, for instance, the, uh, the emotions, 
Well, that means that you're in control of your emotions. They develop when you're in control of them. I mean, when you're not flying off the handle all the time, when you're not uh, losing it all the time, you, you, you got those things under control. You have, to, you have to prosper in that area to prosper with God. You, you just can't get around it. That's a part of it. It's part and parcel of the thing. You've got to prosper in that area. You've got to prosper in the area of your will. Amen? You say, well, what, what do you mean by that? That means that you must be in control of your will. You cannot, you cannot afford to have other people dictating your will. Amen. You can't afford to do that because then you're not prospering in that area because someone else is dictating. It's not your will, it's someone else's will. People are, 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 are affecting and infecting other people by affecting their wills. Amen. They just, they just do it all the time. They just take control of your will to have you do what they want you to do. Now, there's, there's a place in the Bible where it refers to it as witchcraft. Yeah, it's called witchcraft. Anytime I try to usurp authority over you and use my will to, to, to uh, control your will, what you do, what you don't do, that's called witchcraft. Amen. And there's a lot of Christians engaged in witchcraft. You don't have to go down to the seer's place. Amen. You don't have to go and find somebody with a crystal ball. Amen. You, you don't have to do that. You just try to maneuver people to get them to do what you want to do. That's called witchcraft. And that person is no longer in control of their will. Hallelujah. So you got to prosper in all areas. I just want to give you a couple real quickly. All right. Now let's turn, please, to uh, Romans chapter 12. Romans, the 12th chapter. I'm doing a quickie review. Romans chapter 12. And I'm doing a quickie review because I'm watering. I'm watering ground that we already passed over. Because that's the way you, you get harvest. That's the way you get growth is by watering. You can't just plant something and then walk away and leave it. Forget it. Amen. You'll never get any harvest that way. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. Now, that second verse here is a proof for us. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. By the renewing of your mind. So we got to get our minds renewed. Our minds being renewed is, is vitally important because our minds have been shaped and, and clouded and, and controlled by the world system. Every one of us. Every single one of us. We have been, we've been controlled that way. I'll give you a for instance. And I like this one because I believe that, uh, that uh, Isaiah 55, 1 and 2 speaks directly to it. When he says, Oh, everyone that thirsteth, come ye and come ye and buy without money and without price. Come and, uh, you know, come and drink of the waters and whatnot without paying for it. But now the world has told us that uh, as far as real estate is concerned, you cannot buy a house without going to a bank. You cannot buy a house unless you qualify for a mortgage. That's what the world has told us. Amen. They, they told us that. Flat out told us. And most of us believe it. But that's not what God said. That's why you got to have your mind renewed. That's why you must have your mind renewed. The world tells you no all the time. 
The world says you can't do this and you can't do that. But does God say that? And see, whoever you get in agreement with, that's what you're going to have. You get in agreement with the world, that's what you'll have. Now, there's, an, there's, a, there's a perfect example of, uh, of us having, not having a renewed mind. We need to find out what the scripture says concerning homes, ownership of a home. What does God say about it? I know what the world says about it. I know what the bank says about it. I know what the society says about it. But what does God say about it? And until you get rid of that, you are still conforming to this world. Hallelujah. And unfortunately, too many of us who want to live in a home, want to own our own home, we're still in an apartment because we believe what the world said. I don't qualify. Amen. He said, I don't qualify. I can't get a house. I don't qualify. It's not available to me. Unless the world comes up with another program. Well, the world has a program and they said if we, if we go and do thus and so, then they can get us into a house. Well, maybe you don't want that house. See, they put you in the house they want you to be in. Amen. Yeah, okay, and where? Exactly. And where they want you to be. You talk about steering people, there you go. Now, what's happening there? They are in control of your will. They're in control of your will. You ever, you ever see, they, I mean, they'll, they'll offer you something that you, you, you say you apply for an apartment. You apply for an apartment with, with, with city housing. Okay. And they'll tell you, well, you can have one, but you got to go to Staten Island. But I don't want to live in Staten Island. Then you can't have the apartment. Okay. Who's in control? Who's in control? That's what I'm talking about. See, you, you gotta, you gotta get away from this being conformed to the world system. If you're a born-again believer, you have got to make some changes internally. Got to make some internal changes. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about making internal changes so that Matthew 6 becomes real to us. We're talking about making some changes so that Matthew 6 is not only real to us, but Matthew 6 is, is something that's attainable. We got to make the changes on the inside. Otherwise, it'll never mean anything to us. We've got to make the changes on the inside. Hallelujah. Okay. Praise God. First, First Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5. This stuff is so important. I don't want I don't want to gloss over it or run through it quickly. I want I want you to get it. Because it's going to make a difference. I mean it's it's gonna it's gonna impact your life. Impact your life, I mean dramatically impact your life. All right? And we've gone over this before, but you're going to hear something you didn't hear before. And I can say exactly the same thing I said before, and this time you'll hear something you didn't hear before. I prophesy it to you right now in the name of Jesus. You're going to hear something you didn't hear before. You're going to get something you didn't get before. Hallelujah. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. The only thing that God changes for you, for us is our spirit. As far as the body is concerned, as far as the soul is concerned, we are in control and we have to make the changes. We have to submit to God's will in those areas. Hallelujah. We must submit to God's will in those areas. 
If we don't submit to God's will in the area of our soulish realm, in the area of our, our physical bodies, nothing's going to happen for us. There'll be no changes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'll tell you. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. See, these things, these things, are, uh, these things that I'm saying to you, I, I've known these things for a long time, but I didn't know how to articulate it. I knew it would work for me, and I was doing it, but I didn't know how to tell you. But thank God I got a hold of this from, from Dr. Hilliard. He, see, he put it, on, he put it on, on paper, okay? And he put it in, in tape form so I could listen to it. I said, yeah, I've been doing that all along, but I never knew how to say it. I said, man, this will work for folk. And that's what I want. I want something that's going to work for you. I want something that's going to bring you out of where you are. Amen. And everybody can be brought. Listen, I'm going out of where I was. I don't care how good it is, there's better. Amen, there's better. Don't get satisfied with nothing. Glory to God. Keep reaching for more because there's always more. Amen. So that's what I'm saying to you. This will, this will make it better. It'll bring you further. It'll bring you to higher heights. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So anyway, those two areas, the soul and the body, you got to do something about them. God's not going to do anything about it. You got to do it. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. All right. So, uh, quickly, we want to run over these, these things firstly. Your soulish realm, because we talked in, in 3 John 2, it talked about so even, even as your soul prospereth, your soulish realm, uh, we told you that it's composed of your mind, your will, your emotions, your intellect, and your imagination. Well, the components inside of that are the, your conscious mind. Your conscious mind is where you do all of your all of your meaningful thought. You do all of your meaningful thought. You think through things. I mean, something occurs to you and you, you think through it to see how you're going to handle it. How are you going to make decisions in this particular in, uh, uh, situation? You, you think through it, especially if it's the first time. But then you have the subconscious or what I call the autopilot. You have the subconscious mind, and the subconscious mind, what it does is, it takes whatever your conscious mind has agreed on, has decided is the truth, has decided that this is what we believe, and this is what we're going to act on, and that subconscious or, or autopilot, what it does is it keeps you from having to relearn the same information over and over and over. And I gave you the example of driving a car. When you first learn to drive a car, you're listening to everything. You're watching everything that goes on. You're watching the guy on the left, the guy on the right, the guy behind you, and you're looking at the steering wheel. You, you're trying to look at the speedometer. You're trying to look at everything. You're trying to remember everything that was said to you. You're doing all that stuff at one time, and you're trying to do it all, and you go for a test, and you're sweating bullets and everything else. Now you drive a car, it don't mean nothing to you. I mean, you got, you got the radio on, amen. You think about what you're gonna cook for dinner, Amen. I mean, you're just tooling along. No problem. You're doing it with one finger now. You ain't got that, that position no more. Okay. But what's happening is your subconscious or your autopilot has taken over. So you don't have to give conscious thought to it anymore. You no longer have to give conscious thought to that, to that task. So every, listen to me, listen to me. Every task that you have learned over the years, that's the way it happens. You don't consciously think about it anymore. You just do it. Now stop and think for a moment. What if that task that you were performing was being formed or, or performed according to the world standards? Yeah, yeah see, I thought you were going to hear something you didn't hear before. See, what if that thing that you're doing and your, your subconscious mind causes you to do it automatically? What if it was wrong because you got it from the world? 
You get born again, come into the church, and something happens. You, the, a situation comes up, and what do you do? Your subconscious mind kicks in automatically. This is what we believe in. This is what we do in this situation, and boom, you go and do it. And then afterwards, why did I do that? I'm a, I'm a child of God now. I'm a Christian now. Why did I do that? It's because it's a part of your belief system. Did you catch that? That's why you do it. See, so your, your subconscious mind takes over as soon as a situation arises and it makes a decision for you based on what you have already placed in your belief system from before. And that's what renewing the mind is all about. It's taking you to a place where now your subconscious mind no longer will access that old information. It will now access the new information, the child of God information. It will access now what you have learned from the word of God. It will no longer access what you learned from the world. Glory to God. Glory to God. So, so when we were talking about on this past Sunday, we were talking, I, I think I gave a few examples of, of, uh, of, of this guy who used to come around uh, when I was real small. I guess I was about three, four years, five years old, I guess. And the, the, the grinder would come around in his truck and he, he'd be making a noise. Okay. And he'd sharpen all the tools in the neighborhood. He'd sharpen axes. He'd sharpen knives. He'd sharpen anything. You just bring it out to him. You know, he'd ring his little bell. You come out there, he'd sharpen it. And there hit this man, this old, this old drunk from the neighborhood. He told me I was out there with him, uh, sitting on the stoop one day and he came by and he heard... And the truck was coming. He said, you know what that truck is? Okay. He said, that, that truck, he's coming to cut little boys' heads off. All right. And I believed him. I mean, he's an authority figure. He's an adult. I don't care if he was a wino. He was an adult. He's a big person. Little people listen to big people. Amen. And your little people listen to you. And you ain't in church all the time. What you say when you ain't here? Amen. Because they be listening to you. Amen. And they believe it. And I believed it. So I so so that's something I had to get out of me. Because I was terrified. I was literally terrified by that. So now uh, we, we went a little further and we talked about the fact of, of, of phobias and things like that. Now phobias, listen, listen to me carefully, these phobias and things, they are developed in us exactly the same way. Because remember, a small child. They don't know anything. So their, their, their uh, belief system is clean. So whatever information goes in there first, it registers on their belief system and they believe it until you do something to change it. So if you get a phobia, you, most of them come at an early age. It could be the same thing as what happened to me. So just somebody said something, somebody showed you something, somebody, I mean, some, some experience that you had, and that thing was developed. So what do you have to do? You have to get into the Word of God. Find out what the Word of God says. Find out what the Word of God says about that situation. Say, oh, wait a minute. I know what the old experience was. I know what was told to me in the past, but now I have to, I got to retrain my subconscious. Retrain it to access God's word now instead of that junk that I got before. Because see, phobias and stuff don't come from God. They don't come from God. Fears and phobias don't come from God. God has not given us a spirit of fear. That doesn't come from God. Any fear, any phobia that you had, it came from the world. Hallelujah. And I guarantee you, anybody in here, you think back. You think back. Any phobia you got. Fear of water. Fear of flying. Fear elevators, fear of close places, 
fear of putting something over your head. Amen. And some folk be freezing, but their head got to be out. They can't cover it up. Seems crazy, but there's people like that. Amen. I'm telling you. I was the other way. I covered my head up so I couldn't see. I didn't want to see nothing. Hey, man, when I was little, man, oh, Jack, I don't know what's out there. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. See, so there's all kinds of phobias and things, but it all comes from the world, and it's developed. It's developed, and you have to replace that. Now, one of the other things that we said is that imaginations, that's where a lot of this stuff stems from, is from imaginations. Your imagination, now remember, that's a part of your soulish realm. The mind, the will, the emotions, the intellect, the imagination. The imagination is where a lot of this stuff comes from. Because you imagine all kinds of things. Did you hear me? You imagine all kinds of things. You can't even look at a movie with submarines. You ain't got to be in it. You don't even want to see the movie. You don't even have to see the submarine. You just got to see the hatch. When they close the hatch, you go to breathing hard. You ain't in it. You sit in your living room. <laughs> Amen. You ain't even in the thing. Okay, but you can just see it. You know, it's, it's closing in on you. What is that? That's your imagination. That's your imagination. That's a part of your soulish realm. See why your soul has to prosper before you can prosper in the things of God? Because all that, all that mess is in there preventing you from doing Now, what if God was to tell you, I, I, want, you to go, I want you to go to such and such a place, and I want you to go up to the, the 50th floor, and, and go and minister to this person. But, but God, I can't ride elevators. Bye, bye, bye. I, I can't, I, how can I do that? Then when you have steps going up that high, Lord, how am I going to do it? Well, you can't. You can't because of your phobia. God said, I've given you the answer in the book. If you just go to the book, you can get rid of that. Amen. It could, be, it could prevent you from... I mean, it, people have... Turn that. Listen to me. People have turned down jobs where they could have been making ten thousand dollars more than they were making right now. They turned it down because of a phobia. Y'all don't have to say nothing. Just keep looking straight ahead. Turn them down. No, not because you couldn't do it. Not because you wasn't capable of doing it. Not because you didn't have the intelligence to do it. But because of phobia. I know I'd have to take an elevator. I know I'd have to take a train. What's happening? The devil is in control. The devil is in control. The devil, I said the devil is in control. You're not in control. He's in control. He's dictating what you do and what you don't do. Where you go and where you don't go. He's dictating how much money you make. Oh my goodness. Hallelujah. I, I, see, I, just, I just feel like I, I'm stuck here. I got to just talk to you today. Turn to Isaiah the 10th chapter please. Isaiah, the 10th chapter. Let me show you this again. I got to get back to the other thing. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. That's why this stuff is so important. Isaiah chapter 10. That's page 1043 in the FMCF Bible. Amen. Page <laughs> Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. Now listen to this. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Because of the anointing. Now, now I want you to think about this now. 
Because I'm talking about phobias and I'm talking about how you can how you can how you can break that thing, how you can get rid of that thing. Okay? Now listen, listen to this now. He said the 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 his burden, his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder. Now I seem to recall that oxen and uh, and, and mules, they were called beasts of burden. Beasts of burden. But now here he's talking about us. He's talking about men and women having burdens. Now, now listen, listen to this now. His burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck. Now those same beasts of burden, they have yokes on their necks. What are yokes for? To make it go where you want it to go. Oh my goodness, wait a minute, wait a minute. So that, so that he's saying that there's yokes on some of us, that somebody else is in control, making us go where they want us to go. Whew, glory to God. So we need this stuff, man. I'm telling you, we need this stuff. We, know how to, we need to know how to break this foolishness. We need to know how to get out of this stuff. In the name of Jesus. See, I, I, I remember vividly. I remember vividly. I used to be afraid of the dog. And I wasn't talking about five years old. I'm grown. Amen. Because I had never dealt with it when I was little. I was still afraid of the dog. And I, I found out in the word that God didn't give us a spirit of fear. I, I be, Now listen. Listen to me. Phobias. Fears, whatever they are, you cannot talk them away. You got to base them on something. You got to base them not being there on something. I based it on the word that God didn't give me a spirit of fear. I'm not afraid of the dark anymore because of the word of God. So what I would do, I would confess the word. I would say what the word said. And then I put some action to what I believe about what the word said because faith came to me for what I was saying that I'm not afraid of the dark anymore because God has not given me a spirit of fear. And the same thing that's in the dark is in the light. All you got to do is switch the light on. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And what I do is I switch the light on. I say, okay, I see all this and I switch it off. Still here. Still here. Same thing. So I would get up in the middle of the night and I would purposely walk downstairs in my house. Grown, had a house, children, scared of the dog. Think about it. Man, man of the house, man of faith and power, you know, already saved, scared of the dog. Get me a flashlight. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Amen. So, <laughs> so I, I, I deliberately, in the dark, Get up and come out the bedroom, walk through the hallway, walk down the stairs, walk through the living room, through the dining room, through the kitchen, over to the basement steps, walk down in the basement, walk around down there in the dark, bump into stuff. So God did not give me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of sound mind. I refuse to fear. I refuse to fear the dark. Dark has no, has no, no power over me. I have power over dark. Amen. Amen. But you know what I did first? I thought myself through it. Did you hear me? I thought myself through it. I didn't get up right away and go down there. Oh, no, 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 no. I laid right there in the bed and closed my eyes and saw myself walking out the bedroom, through the hallway, down the steps, through the living room, through the dining room, past the kitchen, down the steps, into the basement, walking around in the basement and hearing myself saying, God did not give me a spirit of fear. I don't know.
deceiving you. He is deceiving you. It is not true what he is showing you. The imagination that you have created. You created that monster. Amen. I saw all kinds of things. I told you. And see that can't remember I told you? For when I was little, I would cover my head up. I mean, I'd be sweating like a pig. I mean, I'd be under that water, be flying off me. And I mean, it's 90 degrees outside, and I got, I got to have some covers. Had to have some covers. Got my head covered up because I don't want to see what's out there. Fool, if I'd have thought about it, it's just as dark under the covers as it was out there. Think about it. It might even be darker under the covers than it was out there. But you see, that's what phobias do to you. They make you do silly things that if you were to think it through, you say, now you know this is stupid. But see, the phobia grips you so hard. And believe me, I'm not, I'm not downing anybody because I know how strong that thing is. But it's got to be broken. The word of God can break it, I'm telling you. He, he destroys yokes. He, he removes burdens, bless God. The word of God can do it if you just confess the word. And I mean it, put that imagination to work. Now I want to tell you this. I know I was just going to be talking. I knew it was going to happen. I want to tell you this. Every phobia, every fear, everything that comes upon you, it comes in the form of imagination. You cannot get rid of it by just saying go away. You can't do it. Does not work. You have to do something more than say go away. You have to replace that imagination, that vision, with another vision or another imagination. That's the only way it's going to work for you. The only way it's going to work for you. You've got to replace it with something else. Now, everybody keep looking at me. Nobody move around. Nobody move. Nobody move. All right? Everybody looking at me. How many panes of glass... I mean, one of those doors in the rear. Just think about it. Just think about it. How many panes of glass are in either one of those, those rear doors? Just one of them. You come through them all the time. All the time. See, two or three of you couldn't handle it no longer. <laughs> you just couldn't handle it, see? You just couldn't handle it no longer. Okay, now, you, you, you think about that. That's a thought. That's on your mind. How many panes of glass are in those doors back there? All right, now, what are you, what were you thinking about before that? Whatever it was, is gone. See, because you replaced it with thinking about something else. And it's the same way a formula will work. Whatever, see, that imagination will come on you, and I'm telling you, you'll be thinking about that. Oh, God, I got to go in that elevator. Oh, God, I got, what are you doing? You're meditating on going in that elevator. But if you replace that with something else, it got to go. It's got to go. They cannot occupy the same place at the same time. Now, something else important, something else vitally important about that. Okay, you, if you want to, you can turn around now. Okay, you can see how many panes of glass back there. One, two, three, five, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve. How many, how many, how many folks turn around? See? How many everybody? Why? 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 I didn't tell you you had to. I said you can. I didn't tell you had to. I order you to turn around and count count the, I didn't do that. I, I, I didn't do that. I, but now, now something else I want to show you. I want to show you something else about that. I want to show you something else about that. 
when I put that thought out there about the panes of glass in that door, that thought was here. That thought became priority. So that as soon as I said, okay, I'm sorry, you can turn around now. Half of y'all turn around immediately. Not because you want to see how many, because it became important. Because it's primary. It's what I'm thinking about. Did you, did you catch that? You see how your mind be working? It becomes primary to you. That's the same example I gave to you as, as when, say, for instance, you decide on a car. You decide on a specific car that you want to buy, a brand new car that you want to buy. You say, okay, that's the car I want. And you look at it in a magazine and whatnot. Say, yeah, this is the one I want. I like this one. I'm going to get that one. I like that. And you go out the door and 14 of them pass you. One right after the other. Hey, where all cars come from? No, those cars were always there. But once you put it in your mind, it became important to you. So now you notice them. I said, now you notice them. They were there all the time. But because you put it first place in your mind, now you notice them. Now they be down. They take on importance. Y'all think about it now. I want you to think about it now. It takes on importance to you, okay? Because you put it foremost in your mind, you chose it. Now just think, just think, just think. With one of them phobias, I choose to ride such and such an elevator. I heard about this elevator. It's got, it's got walnut panels in it, they tell me. They tell me it's the most beautiful elevator you ever, I, I got to make that important to me. And you put that as your imagination, Instead of the fear of riding an elevator, it becomes important to you. And I tell you what, you're going to get rid of that burden and you're going to get rid of that yoke. Because now, oh, hallelujah, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 10. I'm just all over the globe tonight. But I believe there's some things that needed to be clarified. Thank you, Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse, verse uh, <clears throat> 5, page 1708, FMCF Bible. Okay, now watch this. Casting down imaginations. Casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Oh, my goodness. Wait a minute. That's what we was just talking about. That's exactly what we were talking about. Casting down imaginations. But you know you can't just cast them down by saying, I ain't going to think about it no more. You know you've got to replace it with another thought. You have to replace it with another imagination. Something else I'm thinking about. So you got to think about, hallelujah. Yes, Lord, I got that. Oh, glory. I'll go there in a moment. I'll go there in a moment. You got you to gotta cast it down by replacing it with another imagination or another thought. And that's the only way it's going to work for you. You've got to replace it with another thought. It's no different with poverty. Absolutely no different with poverty. You have to think abundance. Because, see, you've been programmed poverty. You don't even realize it. But you've been programmed that way. Every single one of us was programmed to poverty. We've got to undo that so we have to see something else. 
We have to see prosperity. And you got to see it through the word. Now, I, I got to do this. The Lord uh, quickened something to me. Turn to Galatians, please. I believe it's Galatians. No, Philippians. I'm sorry, Philippians. Ooh, glory to God. He quickened this to me. <clears throat> this is good. This is good. Philippians, the, uh, the uh, fourth chapter. Philippians, the fourth chapter. Listen to this. The sixth verse. Be careful for nothing. In other words, don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. You, 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 you see that now? That makes more sense now than ever made before. Think on these things. In other words, you got to think about these things. Don't think about those things. Don't let your imagination run wild on those negative things. Think on what's good, what's pure, what's honest, what's lovely. That's what you got to think on. You got to get you got to stop meditating on the negative. You got to stop meditating on the phobia. You got to stop stop meditating on the lack. Amen. Amen. That's what you have to do. You must, you must, you must. It is imperative. Now go back to go back to 2 Corinthians uh, 10. It is absolutely imperative that we get this because this is this is uh this is vital to our understanding. Casting down, verse 5 of 2 Corinthians 10, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. What is he saying in a nutshell? He's saying in a nutshell that we must, it is imperative that we be in control of our thought life and of our imagination. We have to be in control. We cannot allow anything or anyone else to be in control of our thought life or our imagination. Our imagination has to be controlled. It has to be controlled to think what is good, what is honorable, what is peaceable, what is lovely, what is of good report. We must be in control of our imagination. We cannot afford to allow our imagination to just run wild. We cannot afford to just allow imagination to go anywhere it wants to go. Our thoughts or our thoughts to just go anywhere they want to. I, I've said it before, and it bears repeating, a thought unspoken will die unborn. Let me say it again. A thought unspoken will die unborn. Don't give birth to those thoughts. Don't give uh, uh, birth to those thoughts that don't line up with Philippians 4. If it's not pure or lovely or of good report, of honest report, don't give, don't give birth to it. Don't give birth to it. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. If you can't find no other scripture, you can find that one. Amen. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And you need to hang with that one. 
Thank you, Lord. So we got to replace this stuff. It's got to be replaced. We got to replace these thoughts. We got to replace these imaginations. We got to replace them with something else that's lovely, good report, and honest, and like that. We got to replace these things. We got to replace these phobias with something that is that is uplifting, something that is going to going to advance me, not pull me back or hold me back or put me down. Amen. All right. Thank you, Lord. Our imagination has the ability to create things before. They manifest. Amen. I said our, our imagination has the ability to create things before they manifest. And I said to you, I believe it was on Sunday, that every invention came as an imagination. Somebody thought it up first in their mind. It was an imagination. So those things have a way of creating they can create something. And we are the most creative being there is. I'm not talking about all mankind. I'm talking about those who are in the body of Christ. God has creative things on the inside of us that he's trying to get out of us. But if we don't get our thinking right, we'll still be thinking the old way. And he can't create through us. God wants us. You heard about witty inventions from Proverbs? That's for the body of Christ. He wants us to come up with stuff, new stuff. But it's not going to happen unless we get our thinking straight, unless we get our imagination straight. He wants us to come up with witty inventions that things that, I mean, pet rock. The man made millions on a rock, on a rock. How much more should we be doing it as the body of Christ? I pray the brother was, was saved. But I'm saying, how much more should we be able to come up with? That wasn't nothing. It rocks laying out there all the time. And some other man put a, put a wire inside of a leash like you're walking on an imaginary dog. Made millions. Made millions. We can come up with those kinds of things. But we have to believe that we can before it'll happen for us. I have the mind of Christ. Listen, I get, you ought to be looking for stuff to think. What, Lord, what, what do you want to work through me? What do you want to do through me? I'm available. I'm available. Uh, think through my mind. You know, you're supposed to be resident in there anyhow. Think through my mind. Give me something, you know. And I'm telling you, God will do it. Because he wants to do it. That's why he said, with the inventions. Praise God. Amen. All right. Now, how do we, now we, we, we talked about the fact that this, this, subconscious mind is in control because the subconscious mind it is programmed it is stubborn and it has to be stubborn because if it wasn't stubborn we would forget how to drive we would forget how to get to get home we would forget all these things we'd have to we'd have to do it the same way we did it the first time looking at the street signs you only have you don't know what your, your nearest cross street is you don't even know. And you pass it all the time. But when you first went there, you knew what it was because you were looking for it to find your house. <laughs> Amen. That first time, you was looking big time. You, you was watching every sign, every landmark so I can get back here. Amen. I remember, I remember uh, one night, <laughs> praise God, wife says I'm crazy, but I have to do it that way. That's just me. Uh, when, when we had moved into the new house and... Uh, we went back up there. You know, it's dark up north. It's dark. 
All right, they don't, they don't they don't believe in a whole lot of street lights and stuff. All right, big time dog. We so that somebody had told us about getting off a different exit that'd be closer. And hear me, I'm gonna try it. Pitch black coming from church. Don't know where I'm going. It's dark out there. You can't see nothing. And then half the streets didn't even have those signs on them. But I got off, and we feel in our way. You know, when you ride. But see, I didn't know. I had to feel my way around. Now I don't even think about it. Sometimes I said, you know what? I'll say to my wife, she'll tell you. Sometimes I say, you know, I don't remember that last turn. What's happening? Autopilot took over. Subconscious mind took over. Subconscious mind is doing it so I don't have to I don't have to consciously think I could be thinking about back here. I could be thinking about one of you. And driving home. And driving on home. So we have to learn, when it comes to renewing the mind, renewing the mind, and here I'm going to hit you with it again, renewing the mind is retraining your subconscious to now access the new information, the new belief system, the new system that you learn from the word instead of the old system that you learn from the world. All right? You remember that? So how am I going to retrain this autopilot or this subconscious mind? Because remember, now this, this, is, this is vital that you remember this. Your subconscious is stubborn so that you won't forget things. So its stubbornness is going to cause it to access the old belief system every time you come up with a situation. It's going it's to it's access that old, old, old information and listen to this. Every decision that you make will be determined by where your subconscious accesses. Now, I want you to think about that. Every decision that you make will be determined by where your subconscious accesses. If your subconscious still accesses the old value system, every decision that you make is going to be based on that. Now, the, the example that we used was the, was the 12 spies for Israel. When the 12 spies came back, they told, they told, Joshua, they told uh, Moses, listen, 10 of them said, we cannot take the land. We can't do it. I mean, we know that it flows with milk and honey, just like God says. We know that, it, that it, it's, got, it's, got, it's got everything that we could ever ask for. It's everything that God said it was. But what happened was their subconscious accessed the old belief system of a slave. And it said, we can't take it. We are like grasshoppers in our eyes. And so we are in the other people's eyes. What happened? They accessed the old value system. God had given them a new value system, but they, their subconscious was still accessing the old value system. You say, well, how did God do that? Well, First of all, that belief system is affected by your environment. God took them out of that environment. He took them out of the slave, the slave uh, camps. He took them out of that, that whole environment, and he put them out into the wilderness and said, okay, I'll take care of you now. Secondly, he took away their authority figures, who were the taskmasters and, the, and those who called themselves their master. He took them away from them, and he gave them a new authority figure. He gave Moses. Amen. He took away the old uh, repetitious information that they were getting from their from their masters, the Egyptians, and he gave them new repetitious information. Information. He gave Moses. He gave Moses the words. So you you tell him the word. You tell him what I said. You tell him what the word says. 
So they got new information. Then he gave them some new experiences. The new experiences that he gave them was, was uh, uh, getting water out of a rock. The new experiences that he gave them was see a, a, a flame of fire that, that kept, them, uh, kept them warm at the, in the nighttime. And a pillar of cloud that kept them cool in the daytime, in the desert. He gave them some new experiences. So all of these things were reshaping their belief system. But what happened? They went right back to the old belief system. We can't do it. And that's what Christians do. They go right back to the old value system because their minds have not been renewed. We got to work on getting these minds renewed. How are we going to do it? Getting the mind renewed, again, is reprogramming the autopilot or the subconscious mind. You've got to reprogram the subconscious mind. I can't say it too much. I'm doing some reprogramming that is absolutely fantastic. It is fantastic. Two nights ago, honey, two nights ago, we laying in the bed looking at uh, God's Generals by uh, Robert Leardon, half asleep. Telephone rings. Wife answers the phone. She's, I hear her say, who? And she says, oh, okay, doctor. Okay, doctor. She called me to the phone. Dr. Hilliard called. The Lord had you on my mind. I didn't get to talk to you in California and think with him. So I just wanted to talk to you and see how you're doing, what's going on, and how's everything going. And we tell, what happened? I'm, I'm reprogramming. I'm reprogramming. I'm reprogramming. I'm getting new. I'm seeing new stuff. And it's affecting other people. It's affecting other people. Who am I? He sees hundreds of pastors all the time. Who am I for him to call me? I know who I am now. I know who I am now. See, I, I know who I am. He's supposed to call me. Amen. He's supposed to call me. Amen. See, I, I'm, I'm reprogramming. See, I'm reprogramming. Because, see, the, even in the church, dear God, even in the church, you start looking at other people like, oh, well, he a big shot. No, he called. He a pastor just like you are. Glory to God. Hey, see, I'm, I'm re reprogramming that thing. And I, and I see, I never was one for this respect to a person stuff. I, I didn't, but I still had some of those thoughts. God had to get them, get rid of them, wipe them out. Get rid of that. Get rid of that. Get rid of that. Get rid of that. He said, I call some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors. I didn't say big pastors, little pastors. Amen. I didn't say high pastors, low pastors. I said pastors. They, in God's eyes, they're all the same. They're all on the same level. This one just had this job, and that one got that job. That's the only difference. They're all the same. Amen. And ain't nobody coming up first, and ain't nobody coming up second. God got everybody on Because he said to be a respecter of persons is sin, and I don't believe God's going to sin. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He said, I ain't gonna, I'm not going to do it. Amen. So, hey, laying them out of your own business. Dr. Hill, he called. Praise God. Come from reprogramming. Because, see, you got to do some stuff. You got to do some stuff. I said, you have to do some stuff. This is the stuff you have to do. You got to reprogram. You got to utilize the stuff that's in the book and make it work for you. Make it work for you. Last scripture, and then we're going to go. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Oh, thank you, Jesus. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Listen to this, listen to this. This book of the Lord shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, for then, for then, thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Who's going to make your way prosperous? You are. You're going to make your way prosperous. God said, I ain't going to do it. You're going to do it. You got. You have to do something. You have to reprogram. You have to renew your mind. You have to reset the course. Oh, oh I'm gonna get into that next time. We got. We gotta reset our coordinates. We gotta reset our coordinates. Because see, so many of us are headed for some place that's other than up and higher and better and more. And we gotta reset our coordinates. We got to stop looking level ground or below and start looking up. Listen, listen to him. Hallelujah. This book of the Lord shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the, that is written therein. For then, according to that which is written therein. That's why I said to you, it had to be based on the word. It can't be based on, I just want out. I just don't want to be afraid anymore. It's got to be based on the word. It's according to what's written therein. So you got to find scripture. Okay? For then, thou shalt make thy word prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. I don't know about you, but I want to be a success. I said, I want to be a success. Whatever I do, I want to be a success. I want to be successful at it. He said, then I'm going to have good success. Then, and only then. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to today's Living by Faith podcast. We trust you received something out of today's message. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at New FMCF. Friend us on Facebook at Faith Mission Christian Fellowship International. And always remember, be not afraid, only believe. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Jesus is Lord and he is coming soon.